Hello and welcome to the very first Dolphins Talk Sunday episode uh, where I'm just going to be talking all things Dolphins on Sundays. So right now is the off-season. This is going to be the off-season uh, part of, well, Dolphins Talk Sunday to keep me busy, you busy, have something to talk about football-related on Sundays with no Dolphin football. So anyways... Uh, let's get right into it. So the first topic I want to talk about is the report from Mike Giardi that the Dolphins remain committed to Tua. Now, I think we 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 all knew this. I at least hope that this was the case. Um, I believe in Tua. That's where I stand on the whole Tua thing. I'm I'm a big Tua believer. Uh, I think if you get the right people around him, he's gonna flourish. He's gonna. He's going to succeed at a super high level in this league for the Dolphins. And yeah, it's all about getting those pieces now. Just let him develop. I mean, this, his, this first year, no offseason, no, you know, no OTAs, no, no minicamp, no training camp, whatever. After coming off of a potentially career-ending injury, a serious injury, uh, injury it ended his season Right, and he spent the the entire his entire off season rehabbing. That's what he was doing. He wasn't he didn't get to, to work to get better. He just had to work to get back, and I think that's really important. And it's a big it's a big piece of of the whole Tua story. And so Mike Giardi, he reported that the Dolphins are still committed to Tua. They remain committed to Tua. They believe in Tua, and that's good. That's good to hear. We want to hear that Tua. Um, it's good for Tua to hear. That the Dolphins still believe in him because there's so many rumors, this and that, and he's going on the Dan Patrick show, and they're like, "Oh, should I buy your jersey now or should I wait? Are you going to be traded?" Blah 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 blah, and you know, it's a it's a weird position to be in for a, a quarterback that just finished his rookie season. Um, it's just unusual, and so you have to feel for Tua and you have to root for him. I mean, I'm rooting very hard for Tua. I really want Tua to succeed. And not just because he's the Dolphins quarterback, because I really like Tua as a person. But, obviously, the fact that he's the Dolphins quarterback is a lot more reason to root for him to succeed. Let's say that. And so, yeah, that's pretty much... It pretty much remains consistent uh, with what the Dolphins have said throughout the season. Chris Greer, Brian Flores, obviously, they said Tua's our quarterback. Uh, at the end of the season, exit interviews and all that, Tua's our guy. We believe in Tua. He showed a lot of good things this this year, and he did. Uh, look at the Arizona game when the the last time all the receivers were healthy, and, and even with all receivers healthy, it was still a lackluster receiving unit. And and look what he did in that game. Right, that was that was his second career game. And it was one of the the high moments of of the past. I don't know how many years for Dolphins fans. That was a phenomenal game to watch, to enjoy. It, it was incredible. Look at the second half of the Kansas City game. And, and you know, the second half of the Kansas City game, obviously, he didn't have, he had even fewer weapons. He had no weapons at all. Uh, Mike got hurt, uh, Gasecki. Uh, I think, I, I, don't, I can't remember if he, if he left the game. I, I'm pretty sure he left the game. But obviously, he had that night. That he, he was huge that game. Uh, for Tua, but yeah, Tua was starting to, to, I don't even remember, I mean, it was mainly Matt Collins in the crew, you know what I mean, Jakeem Grant, uh, but 
anyways yeah and we can't forget the play calling obviously that's going to be a huge factor we have to see if this george godsey and uh, eric Sudsville thing works if it works perfect but we really need to hope it works because if it fails and oh boy and and like that's that's going to be three different offensive coordinators in three years for brian flores if this fails and he's gonna and he's gonna have to move on to a fourth which is not good not a good look at all and so i believe though i believe i believe they they chose them for they had a reason to choose them uh, as co-offensive coordinators they gave them a reason to believe godsey obviously worked with tua studsville i'm assuming they they like how he developed miles gaskin um savan ahmed came along he had some nice nice plays nice runs so I'm, I'm assuming they saw the work he put in with those guys. They like it. He contributes. Obviously, uh, I'm assuming he contributes in meetings and all that. He has a, a high understanding of what's happening and of offensive systems. And so I believe they, they chose the guy because they believe in him. They chose the guys, plural. It's going to be weird. Uh, it's going to take a while to get used to because they believe in them. And, and maybe it is a passing game coordinator, run game coordinator, like I mentioned in my video specifically about... Uh, the higher of the two of the co-offensive coordinators but if that works if that works and if we get two of the, the guys around him um then i think he's gonna have a big jump this second year and he's gonna prove all the hit all the doubters wrong i think so yeah that's pretty much it for that mike jordy report what i think about it but now i want to get into Speaking of getting weapons around Tua, what should the Dolphins do with the third pick? So obviously there there is a world of options uh, for the Dolphins, for Chris Greer, for Brent Flores, with what to do with this third pick. So let's just run through them. So and obviously this is this isn't going to be every option because that that would take a very long time. But basically, they could stay at three and take whichever guy they see fit, whether that's Penesul or it's Devontae Smith, or if they like Jamar Chase, right? Those are the three guys that I think would be worthy of that third pick's uh, selection. That would also fit a need. The other thing they could do is they could trade down with some other teams, say, I don't know, the, the Carolina Panthers, who have the eighth pick. Maybe the Lions really like one of the quarterbacks at the top, even though they just traded for, you know, they just traded Matt Safford for Goff and two firsts and all that. Um, and a third. Maybe they don't see Goff as a long-term option, which would make sense, which would be understandable. They're just going to have him this year um, developing a rookie, helping uh, while they're developing a rookie quarterback, whichever one they like. Maybe they like Zach Wilson. Maybe they like Justin Fields. Maybe they like both. Same with Carolina. Maybe they like both, and they want to move up to three to get a chance to get one of them because uh, in case maybe the Jets take a guy. So I think the, the, so those are really the two options. Either stay at three and make a selection or trade back. Uh, maybe even the Bengals at five. Maybe they really, you know, they obviously need to protect Joe Burrow. They need to protect him badly. They cannot ruin him. Or they cannot let him go to waste. They got, they got a franchise quarterback. You know, you got to protect that guy. And so... Yeah, they could they could trade up and we could trade down with them and they have the fifth pick. 
Uh, and so, yeah, those are really the options. Now, what do I think we need to do? I think, truthfully, it depends. I, I don't know because I'm not in the front. I'm not receiving calls from the Panthers, from the Lions, from the Bengals. I don't know what they're offering. Um, but because I don't know what they're offering, I think you stay at three and you take Panay and I talked about this again in another video I did, uh, one of my more recent videos, about how the Dolphins should react to what happened in the Super Bowl, what the Dolphins should take away from the Super Bowl. And I said, we saw Patrick Mahomes get run down. Taking a guy like Penny Sewell, it doesn't just, it's, it, it's not just him. It wouldn't just make an impact because he's a great player, right? He wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't just be an impact on his play. He would elevate the entire offensive line around him. So Austin Jackson, well, first it depends whether they play Pinay at right or left tackle. I think you can probably play him at right tackle, obviously to his blind side. Um, I'm assuming he can play right tackle. He's a left tackle naturally, but I think he can probably make that transition. You keep Austin Jackson at left tackle, and then you can take Robert Hunt and you can bump him back to guard, his natural position, the position he's best at. You have Solomon Kinley on the other side at guard. And then your center, um, me personally, there's a free agent that I want, uh, Corey Lindsley, to come in and play center for us. I think we need we should sign Corey. We should go after Corey Lindsley in free agency. And, and that could really solidify the O-line. That could be huge for us. And then, you know, you have the 18th pick. Um, where and, and you have the 36th pick and the 50th, 50th pick. And you have a bunch more picks. And you could address the skill positions with those picks. For and, and to be completely honest, I have a feeling that at least one of the top three receivers, obviously Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle, is going to fall. You know, not all three of them are going to go in the top ten, I believe. And if one, if we see one or maybe even two of them, you know, start slipping into that 13, 14, 15 range, the Dolphins need to trade up and go get him. They need to go get that guy. Because could you, could you imagine Panay Sewell plus one of the top three receivers? That would be outstanding for, for, for the offense, for the team, for Tua. That's getting weapons around him, like I was talking about. That, that's how you support a young rookie quarterback. And I think, I think the Dolphins are in a position to do that. You know what I mean? And then you go, you get a running back. Well, that's Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. I'm a, I'm a Najee Harris guy personally. I really love Najee Harris. I think he's a phenomenal running back, uh, and I want him. And I don't know if he'd be available at 36, but again, if he's not, or if he if you if the Dolphins don't think he's going to be available at 36, you trade up from 36. You take the 36 pick. You take some other pick, another pick, and you move up into the first round, or early in the second round if he's there, and you go get him. You go get your guy. You have to go get your guy to help Tua. And so that's really what I think uh, the Dolphins should do with the third pick. Now, maybe the Bengals um, really want that third pick, right? And they or Okay, let me backtrack. Maybe one of those three teams that I mentioned, Bengals, Lions, uh, Panthers, want that third pick, right? And they do trade up. And the Dolphins have the 5th, 6th, or 7th, se uh, or 8th pick. Well, if it's the Panthers or the Lions, 
I'm assuming or we're assuming that they they take a quarterback, right? But if it's the Bengals, we're assuming they take a, a, a tackle, an offensive lineman. What if they like the Northwestern guy? His name, I, I forgot his name. Like, I've been trying to think. I was trying to think of it earlier. I, just, I don't know. I just for, I forgot his name. I'm sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> um, but the Northwestern tackle, who's been, go, who's been mocked to go higher than Sewell in a good amount of drafts. And then you get Sewell at 5, 7, 8. Could you imagine that? That would be... Uh, that would be incredible, because then you get Sewell, who you would have taken at three. Uh, at least, I would have taken at three. Plus, you get the extra picks, and then you, you t- talk about moving up from 18. You can really move up from 18 to go grab one of those receivers. You want to move up from 36 to go get Najee Harris? You can really move up from 36 to get Najee Harris. So that's another option. Or maybe the Dolphins like the Northwestern guy. <laughs> you know, there's so many scenarios. But, like I said, um, I don't know. The, the calls they're getting, the offers they're getting. Oh, oops, sorry. My bad. I just hit the microphone uh, for the audio only people, listeners. But yeah, I don't know what the Dolphins are doing because I'm not in the, in the building. But that's what I think. Those are the options. That's what I think they should do. Yep, that's pretty much. And we'll see. We'll see come April, come draft night. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is something that I thought, I thought was really cool. Um, Kyle Van Noy, he went on the Pat McAfee show and he talked about, and I'll make this really short and quick. I'm going to, you know, uh, this part, short and quick. He, he talked about, you know, people forget that, that this team had the most rookies in the league playing, starting. And those rookies had no offseason, you know, no training camp. And... And he was basically talking about how important that offseason is for these rookies. And the fact that they didn't have it, and we had the most rookies starting in the league, and we went 10-6, and six, right? That shows you the room for growth next year, uh, especially with that offseason that they're going to get that, that, plus that year one experience. They're really going to be able to develop. And, and I love that from Calvin. Like, Calvin is the second oldest guy on our team. And he, he's turning, he hasn't even turned 30 yet. He's turning 30 next month. And, and you need that leadership in a locker room. Right? He's showing that leadership. And that's huge. I just really love that. Um, that he's, he's being a leader. And he's the guy we can, we can count on. You know what I mean? To, to lead the youngest and show the youngest what to do. To help them out. Uh, to give them confidence. And I think that's what he's doing here. And he's absolutely right about the whole... Uh, his point is 100% correct. Off-season is huge. And now these guys are going to get it. So, that's all I wanted to say about that. Just awesome stuff by Kyle Vinoy. Now, finally, the last point, the last thing I want to talk about is... Again, I'll make this quick as well. What positions we should target for agency? Obviously, the draft is the major part of the off-season. The, the, the player acquiring part of the off-season. But free agency comes first, right? Free agency is before the draft. Um, and it's also huge, obviously. So what positions should we target in free agency? We have, uh, we're in the top 10 cap space again, so we, we, can, we can go get some guys, right? So what I think we should target, I think, I think it depends. Um, we should go after a receiver, that can create separation 
at a lower price tag. So Chris Godwin, I mean, I'd love to have Chris Godwin, but he's going to take a lot of money. I also think he's staying with the Bucks. I don't think he's leaving. I think the Bucks are going to be able to keep most of their guys. But also, I don't know. I think I think it would be good to keep that money and go after a guy that can create that that creates that can still create separation, like a Curtis Samuel, right? Someone like that. And I, I don't really want to get into the specifics of the guys that I would target because I'm going to make a separate video on that. Same for the draft. Separate video on guys that I'm going to, I'm going to make multiple, obviously, leading up to free agency in the draft. But yeah, I think a, a good receiver that can separate at a at a solid price tag, you know what I mean, a really a good deal, is definitely something we should target. Um, another position we should target center. I mentioned earlier Corey Lindsley, right? And offensive line really, but I think mainly center, uh, especially if we take Sewell, if our plan is to take Sewell, because well, because then we just need a center. Um, so yeah. Corey Lindsay, like I said, a center, we can target a center in free agency, go get a guy that we can plug in, plug and play day one immediately that we know is good, according to Corey Lindsay. So that's another position, I think. So wide receiver, center, uh, I would love to see us get an edge rusher. You know, just 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 have a guy coming off the edge, that's, that's really good. That can make a huge impact. Uh, that position, honestly, I could see spending a bit more money on. Uh, I, I don't know about Shaq Barrett because he's going to cost a lot of money, like close to 20, 20 million probably. But hey, again, not getting into players. I don't know why I keep talking about specific players, but whatever. Um, Ed Drusher. I think those are really the three positions that I'd like to see uh, focused on. Uh, receiver, center, Ed Drusher. Running back, we take care of in the draft. I don't believe in signing running backs to huge deals in free agency, especially in free agency. Um, guys that haven't been on your team and haven't produced. Uh, if you're signing a running back to a deal, me personally, I'd rather be it be a homegrown guy that's already pr- produced for us, you know, in his four years or whatever before the extension. So those are really the top three positions I think we should target. And yeah, that's pretty much it for this first Dolphin Sox Sunday. Uh, thank you so much for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening, if you're audio only, um, if you don't know how to watch audio only or how to listen audio only, yeah, words get mixed up. Um, the uh, so the podcast is on Spotify. I mean, it's it's on Anchor FM, but it's on Spotify, right? And it'll be on more platforms as well. But so yeah, you can go to Spotify and look up Dolphin Sock Pod, or you can just head to the link down in the description below. It'll send you right to the to the Spotify to listen to it if you prefer audio podcasts. But hey, maybe you like visual. Uh, I know I, I know I really like visual uh, watching podcasts, like visual podcasts. So whatever floats your boat, we I have both. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, join me again next week for another Dolphin Sox Sunday. And yeah, fins up.